0: Welcome to week six of our study in the Epistle of James. This week we're looking at Christ-centered wisdom from above, or Christ-centered faith and ancient faith. Near the end of one of the classic movies of our time, Wizard of Oz, classic for people as old as I am anyway, Dorothy and her friends have brought the broomstick of the wicked witch to the wizard and asked that he grant their request. And he stalls for a time. He's not getting back to them. And Toto, the dog, Dorothy's dog, pulls back the curtain, revealing that that magnificent wizard is nothing more than a man who has everyone fooled. He was a poser. He was a false wisdom person. He wasn't a wizard at all. James' exposition on wisdom today pulls back the curtain, of the world's wisdom, and exposes it as for what it really is, a wisdom de jour, or the wisdom of the day, based upon a consensus of people who convince everyone else that they are right and the others are wrong. See, James calls such wisdom earthly, worldly, unspiritually, and of the devil. Here's a good question for all of us today, and especially for the church, as we deal with the theme of wisdom are, here's the question. Are we generating believers who know more than they choose, who understand things they never act upon, and who discern ideas they never use? In Proverbs nine ten, and also in the book of Psalms, you will find that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where we ought to start. But the first thing that James ask us today is, who are the wise amongst us? Those with understanding. James is reminding the teachers and the congregations scattered throughout the dysphoria that the true wisdom is reflected in the daily life of the individual and the church. True wisdom is practical. True wisdom is more than just a string of nice quotes and good quotes and listening to certain teachers, gathering information. There's a difference between being well-informed and living the beautiful life, or James uses the word good, but it really means beautiful. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, a book of wisdom along with the Psalms and Ecclesiastes and the book of Job, all known as wisdom literature, we read this in Proverbs 1:5. The key to living a wise life is receiving instructions and applying that knowledge to our daily life. Receiving instruction and applying that knowledge to our daily life. Once again, the response after the response. Douglas Cheney said, you only truly believe that which moves you to do action. Hello? You only truly believe that which moves you to action. See, divine wisdom informs our faith and divine wisdom forms our character. Both informing and formation in the life of Jesus Christ. See, James is issuing a challenge here in these closing verses of chapter three. Who is wise? The message asks, do you want to be counted wise? Do you want to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you need to do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. See, the beautiful life, according to James, is one of humility and meekness. And here again, we have James learning from his brother. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. For where there is no meekness, there is no wisdom. Where there is no humility, there is no wisdom See, James, like his brother Jesus, is given an ethic for the Christian community, for the followers of Jesus, for those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not for the world, it's for us first. And James is noticing that there's a problem in the church. There's a crisis of wisdom and its understanding. The true test of wisdom for James is not words which Pastor Betty dealt with last week, Our speech, but works, not speech, but action. We say a lot, but we don't do as much as we say. We speak a lot, but our actions really don't follow our speech. And he wants to address the church scattered throughout the known world of its day. And he's coming full circle to what he said in chapter 2, where he said in chapter 2, faith without works is dead. What he's saying now to us all, as wisdom without works is dead as well. So who is wise? And James says, show it, show it. Don't hide it behind a curtain like the Wizard of Oz and saying you're a wise person or a wise guy or a wise gal or whatever wise. Don't hide behind a curtain. Come from, be, from behind a curtain and live the life in the midst of the community Bernard of Clairvaux, who lived in the 12th century, said these words, though there are those who seek knowledge for the sake of knowledge, that is curiosity. There are those who seek knowledge to be known by others, and he says, that's vanity. And then there are those who seek knowledge in order to serve others. He says, that is love. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Wisdom works out in the actions of serving others. Without the presence of gentleness and humility, there is no divine wisdom present in our lives. Our deeds are not performed to shine light on us, like this thing right here shine light on us. It's supposed to reflect the light back to the Father, give the glory to God, the Son. And the Holy Spirit, from whom all, James says, all perfect gifts come from the Father above. Once again, we go back. Remember, James is writing in a circle, because if he didn't get it the first time, you should get it by the end of the epistle. Now he moves on to contrast between the two kinds of wisdom manifested in human life and human living. Remember that James is writing to a church dispersed throughout the land, a church suffering trials, a church being persecuted. The church is vulnerable at this time, and it's on the run. It has no buildings. There's no privileges. It has hardly any finances, uh, and it doesn't receive any help from the Roman Empire. As a result of their situation, anger, division, anxiety is beginning to affect the early church. And stirred in the hearts of some of the members of that church. And how were they to respond to the current situation in life? First of all, James brings us to wisdom that is from below worldly wisdom, earthly wisdom. He writes that the false wisdom flows out of a heart that is envious and filled with selfish ambition, it is, its fruit is constant conflict. That's the fruit of worldly wisdom, constant conflict, conflict, conflict with one another. He calls it not only false, but he calls it demonic, ouch. The root causes of conflict in human relationships is demonic, he says. We see that in the present stir of racism south of the border and the protests that are going out throughout our world, against anti-racism at this stage in our life as we cope still with the COVID-19 pandemic. Eugene Peterson in the message says, it's the furthest thing from wisdom, this worldly wisdom, this earthly wisdom, this unspiritual wisdom. It's animal cunning, he said, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart. Hello, did you get that? Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats. See, earthly wisdom always leads to disaster, to disorder and chaos in families. Earthly wisdom always leads to division in churches. Earthly wisdom always leads to division in our society. See, wisdom from below, my friends, is merely all talk and no action. Speech alone will not cut it, for James especially. For him, earthly wisdom and spiritual wisdom is all hot air. See, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, defines wisdom of the world as the pursuit of self-interest, the desire of wealth, the desire for status and power which is opposed to the wisdom of God because God humbled himself so that he became become human like you and I. He plays again with the word desire that's very important for James. Those who partake in selfish desire for wealth and power and status alone are teaching and following the teaching of the demonic wisdom teachers in the community, not Christ. Look at the life of Christ. Does it look like one that these false teachers are promoting. See, earthly, teacher, earthly wisdom teachers, according to James, seek the praises of men, not God. They get engaged in photo ops. They lift up a Bible, and they say, take a picture of me. And then they put the Bible down, and they don't read it. Or they do photo ops to explain what's going on in our current COVID-19. And then when they're asked the question, they don't know what to say. Because they lack divine wisdom or wisdom from above. This type of wisdom is empty, self-centered boasting. It keeps the fire initially started by the tongue earlier on in chapter 3 to keep burning till till it goes to full destruction. Everyone. Once again, is at each other's throat. What type of wisdom is that? James addressing a particular illness of the church. The disease of bitter jealousy. The word that he uses here is really zeal, but it's translated in jealousy in a lot of our scriptures. But what he has in mind is a jealousy that is a self-centered zeal. (laughs) Zeal to promote my self-interest in the guise of godliness. It's like the Wizard of Oz hiding behind that curtain, and behind a curtain so that people don't know who he truly is. A fake opposer. It's a disease in which one always boasts about self. Sadly, people get hurt in the process. People get hurt in the exchange. See, worldly wisdom produces a self-seeking popularity person always looking for stats, always looking for the latest results. See, when we look at the lives of Jesus and Moses, there's no desire in Jesus. There's no desire even in Moses for popularity contests to win one or for power in their lives. In their meekness, Moses was known as a meek man. Jesus was known as a meek person. They always pointed people to God. Don't look at me Look, look up, look up, look to him. See, false wisdom teacher and leaders always want others to notice them instead of noticing the God that's in our midst. See, the wisdom from below is as ancient as humanity itself. It was the wisdom offered by the servant to Adam and Eve in the garden. And this is what he said to them. Now we're having a little bit of a paraphrase here. Be your own God, Adam and Eve. Advance yourself, Adam and Eve. Take whatever you want, Adam and Eve. You can be like God. Or you can be God, which is more like it. It's the kind of wisdom that permeates our society, easily rises up within us, stirred on by people who think they're better than others. (laughs) It's empty, self-centered, ambitious Boasting, earthly wisdom that's destroying the body of Christ in the Western world. It always seeks to destroy what God is trying to build up. See, the harvest of earthly wisdom, according to James, is disorder, chaos, and evil practice. Everyone doing what they want to do and nobody doing what God wants us to do. In the words of Jesus, false wisdom comes to seek, to kill, and to destroy. So who's wise? The wisdom from below, the earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom, and now James brings us to divine wisdom from above. He says that true wisdom is a gift from God. James has already mentioned that he will give this wisdom to anyone who asks. We talked about in chapter 1, remember he comes around full circle? always comes back to what he said before. Are you getting it this week, the sixth week? The amazing thing when you read this, if he told you before and you're still reading his letters, why haven't you prayed for wisdom yet? Why aren't the teachers and the congregations scattered throughout the Roman Empire? Why aren't they asking God for wisdom from above? You see, those who apply true wisdom to their lives are described by seven attributes by the Apostle James. He has his own virtue list, similar to Paul's Galatians 5 fruit of the spirit list. This is what he said. First of all, they're pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere, complete opposite of what he said earlier on about the wisdom from below. It forms a community that gets along with each other. No photo ops to highlight myself over you, or for you to highlight yourself over me. The people are impartial. They're not prejudicial. They refuse to play favorites. Hello? Where did we hear that before? They are the same person privately and publicly, not like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. The message says that they are gentle, reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next day, not two-faced. See, wisdom from above treats each other with dignity, with honor. See, true wisdom begins with a pure heart and pure speech. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Do you want to see God? See, the wise person follows God's degrees with unmixed modus. Out of service to God, wholly, simplistically willing his whole life to God and God alone. There's no relationship with the unholy and the pure heart. The words used by James are obviously opposite to the jealousy and selfishness expressed by the false wisdom teachers. See, wisdom throughout scripture is above all else, the inward working of the spirit of the living God, coupled with it, joined with the outward life of the divine shalom, divine shalom in the midst of the community. Whereas worldly wisdom produced contention, disorder, evil practice, strife, true wisdom leads to peace. Once again, the teaching of Jesus is highlighted in the life of his little brother, James. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. See, true wisdom takes chaos and disorder and turns it into harmony and order. It brings about a new creation. True wisdom leads us to be considerate towards one another. It produces a harvest of righteousness, making the wrongs in our world right, like the present-day crisis of racism in the States, making the wrongs right, not being vandals and destroying innocent people buildings. See, true wisdom personified is none other than Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ our peace. And the Apostle Paul says and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. See, godly wisdom, wisdom from above, uses power wisely, not abusively. No verbal abuse from wisdom from above. And Jesus summarizes wisdom as the integration of intelligence and purity, the joining together of those Intelligence and purity. Remember what he said, we are to be as wise as serpents and pure as a dove. True wisdom is always connected with life, my friends. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Who are you walking with, my friends? Who are you walking with? Fools? or wise people? What kind of wisdom would you like to be known for? Some scholars have been asking the question lately, why is wisdom little valued or valued less in the church today? Alan Davis says the church is in a wisdom crisis. She adds these following words, the fruit of wisdom, a well-ordered life, and a peaceful mind, results not from a high IQ, but from a disposition of the heart that the sages, the wisdom teachers of Israel, most often call the fear of the Lord. Not a fear that frightens us, like the COVID-19 frightens a lot of people, but a fear that we stand in awe. We stand in awe of the great, mind of our god who calls us to himself who invites us into his fellowship who wants to share with us all that he knows so that we can live a holy life here on earth as we await the glorious return of his son see true wisdom aims not at power but at goodness in other words, it aims not at power, but like I said at the beginning, it le- leads and it aims at living a beautiful life of harmony and peace and righteousness under the lordship of Christ our Lord. Tom Wright, as we come to a close, invites us to ponder this scene that he's etched in one of his commentary, commentaries on the book of James and this is the image that he wants us. So you got your imagination cap on right now. Suppose you live in a village. It could be Alberton, Tignish, Almsdale, whatever. Or you worked in a college. Or you worked in a factory. Or you worked on a farm. Or you worked in the fishery. Or you worked in the hospital. Wherever. Suppose. And suppose some of the people that you meet every day. Were like the people in Verse 16. Always in conflict, always causing disturbance, always elevating themselves above others, or you were the people that you meet every day were were like the people in verse seventeen. Peace, harmony rules their lives, and this is the question: Which one would you rather see coming towards you? The ones in verse sixteen, disruptive disorder, evil practice, or the ones in verse 17 which lead to a harvest of righteousness. Which one would you rather have as your neighbor? (laughs) I think that's a no-brainer, isn't it? I hope so. And then he throws the twist into it all. The challenge is now to become that neighbor yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for wisdom from above. And we pray, O Lord, that we will open our lives to receive it with palms held up to you because we are in a wisdom crisis in the church and in our society. And we cannot go on, O Lord, in the way that things are right now. So you call us to ask and we ask in closing, whether here at the church or at home, Lord, we need wisdom for our lives, for the church, for our families, and for our society. So only wise and holy God, hear our cry, for we ask it in Christ's name.